0: So truth be told, I didn't actually know a whole lot at all about today's guest, besides having heard his name around the circuit here and there, I didn't really know much more other than that he was a jiu-jitsu competitor, and that was pretty much as far as it went. And it just so happened that one day I was training with my strength and conditioning coach, Matthew Brinoli, uh at Limbo Gym here in South Australia, and he mentioned to me this Anton Menenko and um, the fact that he was helping him rehab from an injury while he was here in South Australia and kind of their paths crossed at one point and I kind of remember seeing like this uh, super serious dude come in and kind of just keep to himself and keep his head down and wait for Maddie to be available for their session time and That was that and so kind of on uh, (laughs) Matt's guidance, I suppose, I approached Anton and had a chat with him and we teed up the podcast and, of course, I went away and did my homework and actually figured out who this guy was. But uh, what I did find out is that Anton is world-ranked in the UAE Jiu-Jitsu Federation. He's actually currently 16th in the world, number one in Oceania and number one in Australia. Um, He coaches over at Gaha. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And uh, I got to say, like, having spoken to Anton, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed in myself for not knowing more about this guy because what I can say is that listening to how he views Jiu Jitsu um, and how he goes about his tasks as an athlete and goes about managing and structuring his life both as an athlete and as an individual um, was really cool to hear and something that I deeply connect with. And so um, he's an individual whose career I would definitely make a real effort to follow. And I highly suggest you all do too. So, uh, One thing that really stood out to me about this interview was at at one point Anton uses the words total accountability and analysis and I want you guys to really listen out for that um, because I think there's some serious gold in that itself and that's a viewpoint and a perspective that I really push in my own world, Um, not necessarily in a sporting sense but just in an overall sense. Um, I want to say a big thank you to Matthew Brinoli for uh, opening up Limbo Gym uh, here in Holden Hill, South Australia, to allow us to do this interview. I do apologize to the listeners. There's a little bit of background noise, but I like to think it keeps it real. I like to think that, uh, you know, this is a good insight into what the world of being an athlete is. You know, it's uh, it's not all gold medals and um, glory, it's a lot of grit and it's a lot of, you know, hard work and heavy lifting, um, pun intended. And,. it's clear with Anton that, that that's very much his thing, you know. As I said, he was someone who stood out to me as he came in, you know, kind of with his head down and got it done. And um, having witnessed kind of the the final maybe 10 to 15 minutes of one of his personal training sessions with Matt, it's it's clear. He's all work ethic. And so um, without further ado, really excited to share this one. I've been sitting on it for quite some time now and um eager as hell to put it out there into the world and share with you guys so episode 62 of the live free experience podcast let's get this show on the road anton manenko how are we doing
1: not bad how are you yeah real good
0: so you just finished up training with uh maddie brunelli yeah, yeah. here
1: i had a nice session with maddie so a bit sweaty but yeah really good. what'd you get up to I uh, we just did like a bit of a leg session so um i'm training with him a little bit now because i had like an injury that i'm kind of like. Uh, Getting back into everything with so a bit of rehab stuff but we mainly just focus on some leg fence and a bit of like stability and all that kind of thing so beautiful know, yeah.
0: so have i got this right the injury was with the uh most recent comp
1: Ah uh, yeah so the last competition i competed in um i competed in the uh, rio grand slams yep. so i went over to brazil and competed um, under like the uaejj um uh organization yep and um, I ended up injuring my leg on like the third place final so I fought all through the brackets and stuff like that. I lost in the semi-final by a decision. Mm-hmm. So um, after that, um, I came back the next day and fought in the third place and then just, it was a pretty close fight and somewhere like maybe two or three minutes in. Yeah, I just, uh, somewhere I did like a kind of movement in jujitsu. it's called like a reap type thing where yep. they kind of like t- twisted over my knee with their body and it just immediately um. just blah, 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 popped everywhere so.
0: Two ligaments am i right yeah
1: yeah so i tore Dang. my um totally ruptured my acl and my mcl yeah. and so I just couldn't continue after that so i ended up losing that one as well so. okay so yeah. rehab's going well though yeah yeah everything's really good so um i pr- i got onto it like pretty quickly so i talked to a lot of people went to like a sports um doctor that I-, I use in brisbane and stuff like that and everyone's like no i really wanted to avoid the surgery like most people do they just <laughs> you don't really want to get cut up all the time but everyone i spoke to everyone i looked all the research and stuff i was looking at there is some like new research that you talk to a few people about that you don't need to have like your acl reconstructed but everyone that i was kind of seeing everyone's just kind of pushing that kind of um thing to happen so i ended up getting a, getting a surgery probably like three three weeks after the injury so pretty quickly yep and i'm already like you know getting back into the full kind of swing of things with weights and then uh, the physio stuff so it's been a pretty good pretty quick process pretty good process but yeah it's like anything it's just like starting again you're a yeah. bit upset and disappointed but i hey, see where you, you just got like i've been injured a heap of times before with, with rugby and, and um and jiu-jitsu and stuff like that so it's, it's nothing real new but yep. it's just another setback and you start again you go again and you kind of re re regroup re, re, um recover and start again and just get back into it so that's
0: it yeah. so no grappling at the
1: moment i uh, know so i haven't i haven't done any grappling since i heard money, which is yep. probably about two almost three months now, yep. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, I've just been I've only recently started all the rehab stuff, so maybe about four weeks into like really, and it's getting better every week, so it's, it's pretty quick, but it still is a kind of slow process to getting back to um, live sparring things like that.
0: So. Yeah, so what has brought you to Adelaide
1: then? Um, so. Uh, to get the surgery initially but my family and every, everyone lives here so okay. I just came back for the Christmas period and I had to have a surgery anyway, so I just stayed for a little bit longer and yeah, I'll be perfect. I'll be going back soon in probably a couple like another three like three weeks or something like that.
0: Perfect.
1: Hopefully I can get back into some teaching and stuff like that. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. So let's hit rewind all the way back. Yeah. What got you into jujitsu?
1: Um I, I kinda got into jujitsu as like a supplementary thing for my rugby stuff and It's so common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um I just, my uncle used to watch a bit of like The Ultimate Fighter and he used to do some Kung Fu stuff and Wing Chun or something like that and I don't know how it happened but he started watching you know the UFC and The Ultimate Fighter and he said, oh you should check this out, it's pretty cool. And I I was probably about, I don't know, like 11, 12, 13 at the time and I watched and I was like, oh this is really cool, I thought it was cool so I don't know how it kind of just like, um, you know, it came into existence but we just ended up going to... um, a jiu-jitsu academy out at Febberton. It was a uh, Brazilian top team at the time, so I started jiu-jitsu with a guy who Gustavo start with Toledo. I think he has a gym out up on the Sunshine Coast now. He moved while I was, um, about maybe like a year or two years after I started, he ended up moving out of Adelaide and moving somewhere else. But, yeah, yeah that, that's how I kind of started. So my uncle kind of was already doing some martial arts, so that was the kind of connection there. And then he just watched some, you know, Ultimate Fighter stuff. And, oh, jiu-jitsu, what's jiu-jitsu, and the whole history of like, police and smashing everyone, and all this kind of thing. So he's like, oh, hey, you should go try that out. And everyone was kind of saying like, yeah, yeah, it'd be really good for your rugby, and stuff like that, and just be good to know anyway. So I just, you know, went along, and did some classes and stuff. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, like everyone at, at the start, but I really enjoyed it. So I just kept going, and oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of the story, so. Nice, so yeah.
0: not doing rugby now,
1: I assume? Uh, no, so I, um, I stopped playing rugby about a year, uh, maybe two years ago now. Yep. Um, I uh, so I, I played like a decent level of rugby. I um like played Queensland schoolboys and stuff like that. I'm originally from Adelaide, so um, there's not really that big an opportunity to kind of pursue the rugby kind of thing any further than
0: yeah
1: state level and stuff like that if you stay in um South Australia. So I made like most of the state teams and stuff like that when I was a junior um for South Australia and played in these types of tournaments and stuff and they do have like a national tournament every year where they have like an under-16 and an under-18 program where they send the state teams to Sydney usually yep. and then they play a big tournament there and um, everyone kind of, it's an annual thing, it's a big deal in the kind of rugby union um, scene. And uh, just from that, compete uh, you know, playing well and things like that, i got a scholarship to go to um, uh, Toowoomba Grammar, so I went and played a couple of years at like first 15 rugby at Toowoomba Grammar, which was, for me it was a really big deal. That was... Um, really important for me. Like, oh, you know, I can play pretty good rugby. I went over there and playing against all better guys. And um, after that, uh, like a lot of ups and downs in that kind of thing as well, injuries and whatever. So I've had a heap of injuries. It's not really anything too new to me. But um, yeah, after that, I just, you know, I, I made Queensland Schoolboys as like under 18 and stuff like that. So I was like, wow, you know, I'm actually okay at rugby. I might kind of keep pursuing this kind of area of stuff. And after that, so after I finished, um, year 12 at Tournament Grammar, I just um, moved to Brisbane, so one of, one of the guys I was, I went to boarding school, so I lived at the school for the two years while I was there, which was, you know, it was good and bad, like anything, I thought it was really cool, it was really good for the rugby stuff though, they were super professional, that's like the, the first time I've really been involved with like a professional kind of outfit for any type of sport, yep. like it's, it's run like a, you know, they put a lot of money into their programs, all the, all the um, uh, GPS schools in, in Brisbane and, and in New South Wales. So all of Queensland and New South Wales they put a lot a lot of effort and money into their programs for rugby and it's pretty much run like a you know super rugby club. They have a full time strength and conditioning coach, they've got full time coaches that aren't, you know, just some Joe Blow guy coming in and teaching. They have guys dedicated to that kind of thing that are, you know, really up and coming coaches and things like that that you know, have a lot to do with the sport and understand a lot. So um that was a really, really awesome experience, especially just like for, like how to how to like um you know, like approach um, like every day and, and the week as a, as a like a proper athlete. Mm-hmm. So everything's super regimented. They have the whole layout for the week and all this stuff for you. And, and I, I really, really enjoyed that. So that kind of, you know, I just had to open my eyes to that whole kind of area of how how um, professional sport could look and all that type of thing. But um, yeah, after that, I ended up moving to Brisbane and I played like, um, a, I think maybe a year or a year and a half at the University of Queensland when i was a colt so i was about 18 or 19 still had a few pretty big injuries so i missed most of that time there I, I didn't really play too much um like a grade level stuff um because of all the injuries and everything like that and then um i had a i had an ankle operation and then you know after coming back from that, i did a full pre-season everything again did a really really big um preparation and i hurt my knee in like the I tore my MCL on my left knee, so you know, had a huge year off because of an ankle injury, then came back, did all the hard work, did everything again, and then blew my knee out on the other leg. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it wasn't too fun. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. so after that, I kind of got a little bit frustrated yeah. and bit upset. and. Yeah spoke to some other people and contacted a few people that i knew and um i ended up going to another club and i went to south brisbane so um ended up um going and training there in the pre-season doing all this stuff and like any kind of up and coming um young athlete it's not always easy like you're trying to fit in work and also train full time most of the time and do all these things so i was doing like a little bit of security and stuff on the weekends you know staying up super late going to bed at five in the morning getting up at you know 11 and then going straight to go play rugby or whatever and it wasn't really like the best um kind of a a, a, like organization for myself and things like that but you know you just have to do what you can to if to pursue what you want to do and um yeah like i I had a i had a a nice time there and i played um the first year i was there played like maybe half the season at reserve grade and then i ended up playing um like uh, A grade and Prem grade, like Prem grade for the rest of the season, and we made, you know made the final, won the um, you know won the Premiership and all this stuff. So that was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being involved in that, and especially for that club as well, was a really big deal. It's like the first time it happened in I don't know 30, 40 years or whatever it was, and a really, really big event. That was really awesome. Um, and then after that, there were like I had a few people talking to me about maybe playing NRC, which is a little little bit like of a step above. And I never really got called up for that, so I kind of got a little bit disappointed. Um, I went back there the next year, same thing. Played most of the season of swim um, grade, and I just kind of got a little. Um, I, I'm, I'm not about frustrated, but it just kind of made it a little bit clear to me of how th- there's a lot more involved than just like performance and things like that in a lot of professional sports and. Especially team sports, where there's a lot of, you know, you know, behind in the background kind of things that go on, and mm-hmm. management, and all sorts of things like that. And if you're involved with certain people, you might get a little bit of a head start and stuff like that. And um, I think for me, the thing that made it difficult was, I'm um, in that kind of area, I wasn't always at the most social guy. I just turn up and play, and that's always like kind of how I've carried myself with jujitsu with anything. Um, And uh, I was kind of new to the scene too. I didn't grow up in Brisbane. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't ingrained into the like um, the social kind of setting of all that type of thing. And I just felt a little bit, um, I don't know, I felt a little disheartened about the sport a little bit, and looked at it in a little bit of a different perspective. So I just decided I was already competing a lot with jiu jitsu, and I was getting a lot of like. Um, I was just getting really a lot of positivity out of it, like all the people were super helpful they were helping me out, I started teaching classes and stuff as well so I could get away from the security stuff and yeah, I just decided, you know, I'm not making any money or making any real money playing um, rugby and so I'm going to just, you know, put all my effort into something that's really given back to me as well, so I decided to, you know, just go, you know, pick the fork in the road and go more towards jiu-jitsu and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all been really, really good for me. Yeah, like with that decision and stuff as well. So, beautiful, just yeah, like really chose something committed to it and you know, just see it through and see what happens with that. So, hell yeah! So, yeah.
0: you train both gi
1: and no gi? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I've always trained both in uh, both gi and no gi. I do probably train a little bit more, uh, with the gi just because, um, the clubs that I've operated in or trained in or took board and stuff like that, that's always what they've done. But I love both, like to me, it's um. I don't think there's that big a differentiation in, in this, like, the stuff you can do in the gi, I know there's a, so many different grips and things and skills you can do there as well, but it's, to me it's the same kind of, you're still doing the same art, you're still doing that form of your movement and defense and attack and submissions and all this stuff and stuff like that. So I'd, like I really think both are important but I don't think you need to, you know, take one away from the other. You're gonna learn different skills from here that you might not learn in the other. And it's just like it's like when you play any sport, it's really good to do weights it's, you know what I mean? It's just something that does help no matter what you're doing, gi or no gi or if you're focusing on MMA and stuff as well and you should focus more a little bit no gi, but the gi stuff really helps as well and it helps you with certain skills that you won't get good at in the no so yeah. especially defending certain submissions and yeah, things definitely. like that because they're a little tighter and it's a little harder to move and escaping certain positions on the bottom and stuff like that. So the movements aren't perfect, it becomes um, uh, a little harder for you to get by on just being athletic and stuff like that. Like you can rely on in the no because it's so slippery and wet mm-hmm. and fast and all that type of thing. So it, it, there's good and bad in anything and, there's good and you're going to get really good things out of this and really good things out of that. And, I think that's something that I try to kind of explain a lot when I do teach jujitsu and take classes and stuff like that. Is a lot of people go, "All right, well, what's the best movement here, or what's the best option?" is a little hard for. for people to understand but there is no best option it's like you know this kind of movement or this approach is going to be really good for that and it's going to be really bad if this happens yeah and this approach is going to be really good here and not so good here so everything has good and bad and it's just when to pick and choose and how to apply things and stuff like that more than this is the best overall way to do things because it doesn't really exist yeah
0: yeah Yeah, i think you can take that and liken it to life 100 yeah, yeah yeah
1: and i think um that's something that like, the more you do anything, the more you really commit all your effort into one thing is the more you notice how the, phys- the physical benefits and the self-defense benefits and all that kind of thing, that's like a really, um, you know, that's 50% of what you can get out of Jiu-Jitsu or anything you really pursue totally in life. Um, like, I don't, know if, I don't know if it's just me or other people kind of see the same thing, but the more you really put all your effort into these things, the more you learn out of, like you said, for me it's jiu the, the things i learned from jiu-jitsu you totally look back at and go wow this is exactly like everything in life about commitment about working hard about Absolutely. effort and all these things about setbacks and how you you know um you come back and and start to do things again and every time things go bad how can you approach things how, how can your emotions get the better of you how can all sorts of things that happen the same way in life and i, I just find that you get so many other benefits out of for me is jujitsu rather than just the physical benefit of you know getting fitter and getting good at you know doing some submissions and defending yourself and things like that yeah definitely. so for me it's it, it's like an everyday practice like most people use yoga and meditation all these things like that I, I get the same things out of jiu-jitsu as every, or those type of people get out of all those types of activities so yeah
0: definitely
1: uh, yeah like I don't really have too much more to say about that part it's just like you can get so so much more out of the things in your life than, than you can then people access i think mm. and it's really kind of changed your perspective of how you can look at that or listening to other people and being really open to accepting what else that stuff can give you and whatever um ideas that can give you or beliefs and things like that so
0: mm, absolutely yeah yeah so how long has your journey been from getting on the mats the first time through to your black belt now yeah
1: yeah yeah so um i started probably not 100 percent sure i reckon i was about 12 years old, or maybe, um, no, I reckon I was about 14, so I was about 14. Um, I was already playing rugby, and I think I took a little bit of time off when I was playing rugby there, and I was still training, but I would only go to training like once a week and stuff like that, rather than going all the time, so. And I started training Jiu Jitsu, yeah, at about 14. I think it was about 14, 14 and a half, and I was already kind of like a big kid, so I was training in the adult class and stuff like that. Yep. I was probably like 80 kilos or so, so I was a pretty heavy heavy boy at that, at that point anyway. Um, I went to, uh I think it was at Thetford, yeah. So I was up at Thetford, BTT with Gustavo Toledo, and uh, I just went there and started training with all the adults because my uncle came along for the first couple of weeks, and yep. then he kind of had a few injuries and stuff like that and died off and didn't keep training. But I kept going. Now I went I went until I turned 16, so I was a, I was a white belt. I think after six months I got like an orange belt. So you get like a kids belt or something like that. Yeah. And, and um, but. Yeah, I got like an orange belt. I competed maybe once or twice uh, as, a, as like a junior and I won like the South Australian state championship, I think two times or something like that as a kid. And then um, I turned 16 and I got my blue belt straight away. So I got my blue belt when I was 16 and then I sat on my blue belt for about, I don't know, maybe four or five years, I yep. think. Because I stopped training, I went and moved to Brisbane. I was playing rugby, I focused mainly on rugby. I wasn't training too much jiu-jitsu. And then when I moved back to Brisbane, um, after I had my ankle injury, what I decided to do in kind of like the off-season period, like the rehab stuff, I was like, oh, I, might take, I might pick up jiu-jitsu again. So I started going to jiu-jitsu and um, I don't know if it was just getting, you know, more athletic and stuff with all the rugby stuff or even just, you know, thinking over it. But I even improved over that, you know, four or five year block. Like I was doing all these techniques and I was like, well, I didn't even... You know, I could do this stuff and it just kind of came naturally and then I'd watch some videos on YouTube or whatever and just slowly get better and better I'd go to the classes and um, you know I started to go you know just like a couple of days in the morning and then it ended up going you know I was going every day in the morning like five or six days a week and then you know I was doing that five or six days a week in the morning and training five or six days a week at night doing doing rugby and then on the weekends I was doing like my security and stuff like that and every every now here and now I'd help out. Um, somebody and do some labouring or something like that, just to kind of like make ends meet and stuff like that. But, so when I moved to Brisbane, so I trained for about a year and a half, I got my blue belt, and then I moved to Brisbane at about, I was at 18, but maybe a year after, so about 19, so um, four or five years later, I came back and started training again um, in Brisbane with, with a gym called Gaha Brazilian Jiu Jitsu which is where I teach and instruct and stuff now. And um, the head instructor there is a guy called Eduardo Diaz. Um, and he, you know, I, I was kind of doing well and everyone's like, oh wow, like, this guy's pretty good, he, you know, he knows some stuff, you should really compete. And I was like, no, nah, man, you know, I'm playing rugby and I can't really afford it and all this type of thing like that. And, um, you know, they kept pushing me to go and compete, go and compete, go and compete. I trained for about a year or whatever, I ended up getting, um, uh, like I was just training, I don't think it was a year actually, it was probably like the last four months or whatever of the year, like as I was coming back from this ankle surgery I had and, you know, it was quite difficult to start off with because, you know, a little bit slow and stuff but I was still doing really well and, you know, things were just kind of happening and you have some kind of, um, I don't know what you call it but there's some kind of just, intrinsic understanding of how to move and put your body and put weight on someone and you know there's someone's arm and you catch their arm and all that type of thing so it kind of came naturally at the beginning and even when I was you know 14 the same kind of thing and so I just kept training there and I ended up getting my purple belt um, I reckon six months after training there so I got my purple belt in about six months and then they're like man you need to compete you need to compete you need to compete and I was still playing rugby at the time and they're like look I'll pay for you to compete so um, they kind of they signed me up. They paid for me to compete, and um, I went to so the first tournament I did with them was the Queensland State Titles, and I just got my purple belt. I went there and I competed, and it was a day after a rugby game. I was super sore. Uh, man, I can't be bothered, but I went there anyway. Um, they, you know, they drove me down. They were really looking after me and helping me out and all that type of thing. So I went down there, and I, I, I really did really well. So the first um, division I think was just the Nogi division. And I fought, um, uh, you know, a pretty good guy that competed a lot and did this stuff like that and I beat him and then I beat the second guy so I won my division and then straight after that, you know, there's, you know, four divisions in a day, you got your two weight divisions and the open weights and stuff like that and so I won my division in Nogi, yeah, well done and then go again and I um, uh, go and competed in like the open weight for the Nogi so I fought all the guys in the Nogi, had some, you know, pretty tough fights and it's my first competition and all this stuff, but I'm doing really well. Like I was scoring points and everyone getting some submissions and stuff like that. And then I won that division. And then the, the next one, you know, a couple hours later, you you, you might have a, a, something to drink, whatever, something to eat and you come back and you do your weight in the gi. And I won my weight in the gi as well. So I've got three gold medals and all this stuff like that. And I went and competed in um, the, the, the open weight uh, in the gi. And I was like a little bit overconfident at that point. So I was beating everyone, doing all this stuff and it's getting a bit lazy and like uh, whatever. And the guy jumps does a flying armbar on me and submits for in the first 10 seconds or something <laughs> like that so um, and I'd already beaten the guy in, in uh, another in another division once or twice so uh, yeah it's it, I just found it super interesting and and you never stop kind of learning those kind of lessons like as you go and compete you might get a little bit overconfident or a bit um, over emotional and all these things like that but I just think it's funny like looking back and all this stuff like even even now so many years later there's still certain things that happened in um, competitions or little like, lapses in, in focus and stuff like that that you can attribute to the same thing as like being a little bit overconfident or being a bit tentative and worried or whatever and it, like every every performance is something that you can't um, you, you can't look at yourself and go, you know I've, I've got all this stuff like every action or every New performance you have, and the same with life. Like every decision you make, every action you take, is that's what you are right now. That's what you are today. So if you choose to be this today, that's what you are. So you have to be really active in you know choosing the things that you want to be known as or, or thought of as um, every day. So yeah, it's definitely. The same thing with that kind of stuff, with the competition stuff. So I, I can think back on competitions where I was you know very safe and you know kind of boring and stuff like that. But that's not how I usually fight yeah. tournaments and things like that. So. Um, you know, I just try to do, you know, the martial art itself, the justice, and I really want to compete with guys, because I've been many times frustrated with competitions where, you know, someone puts a position, and they hold you there, and they do this, and they do that, and then same with MMA fights and stuff like that, there's guys that know how to use the system of scoring and points and things like that to their advantage, and there's nothing, I don't have anything against that, I just think it, um, for me personally, I feel like it's it kind of cheapens the art of the whole thing itself and you're not really testing yourself against someone else, you're just kind of making sure you win and as good as that is and as important that as that is in terms of like funding and money and all these other exterior things, um, I think like I try to focus a little bit more on like rather than you know beating people and things like that, I'm really trying to improve myself every time I compete. And yeah. You go there and I do whatever I can, and sometimes I make stupid decisions and bad. But I learn from that every time. And I think the, the times that I haven't really taken anything out of jujitsu or life or anything in general is when you kind of um, coast through things or you're super safe and you just make sure everything's the way you need it to be to just edge out whatever you need it to edge out. But if you go there, you put you know your heart on your sleeve and you and everything on the line. I think that's the way you should kind of live everything in life and you compete jiu-jitsu or whatever you pursue whether it's a business or whatever just put everything into it commit to a hundred percent and just do what you can and see what happens at the end of it
0: absolutely yeah. so i know that uh jiu-jitsu is your only source of income
1: yeah yeah, um,
0: yeah. I, I would assume just from my knowledge of kind of uh, i guess what you do get paid in martial arts that yeah, it's yeah. not a particularly high earning uh job so to speak yeah
1: yeah yeah not not particularly so it, um especially like right at the start so right at the start it Definitely very difficult. Um, you're not teaching too much. You're teaching yep. a, a little bit here and there. Um, you know, if, if you are working or doing whatever, you know, that cuts into the training and stuff like that. Um, and I think a lot of people talk about the same thing. Is again, it's like you're gonna you're gonna get out what you put in. So it might take you know it might take 10 years depending on how you know how well you're doing or all sorts of different things. Um, but yeah, definitely at the beginning it was quite difficult and I would you know I'd work and do security and do all sorts of little things, but it slowly starts to feel like anything. Definitely. It's just like any type of business. Um, so you invest all this effort and time into that and, and eventually you're going to get um, payback out of it. And it is the thing that's happened for me, like every year, uh, every year more, is every year more I get back in terms of funding and sponsorship and all these yep. things and it just gets better and better and better. So. I'm not too worried about that part, and I, I definitely was at the start, and you know, oh, you know, I have to try and negotiate things and say, oh, I need a little bit more money here because you know I can't afford to do this, and especially if I'm traveling for you guys and competing and doing all this stuff. Like, um, I think you definitely have to have, um, you know, the confidence and the charisma to kind of go like, you know, I'm doing all these things, you know, I, I think I should get something for that, and. Um, it's not about being greedy or anything like that, but like you, you kind of do have to stand up for yourself because if if you don't, no one else will. So you do have to kind of look at, go, you know, can is this you know, um, you know, uh, plausible? Can I actually do this? And mm. you know, do I need to renegotiate? Or you can always um, like relook at things and reassess um, and uh, reorganize and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think. Not just with um, you know martial arts or sports, which is you know commonly known. Like you know, it's very difficult at the start. You're not going to have any money. It's difficult. But um, business itself, um, when you start off, you don't have the clients. You don't have all the things. It's difficult to start off with. So um, it's like anything. Um, it definitely was difficult at the start but I've only just gotten to a point and you know with the injuries and all that type of thing as well but I've only just gotten to a point where it's really become sustainable and like a new job for me so definitely at the beginning it was difficult but you just got to like believe in yourself and and uh, commit to the thing that you're believing in and, and, and the thing you kind of hold in yourself and um you know do you really believe that you can achieve the things that you're kind of are looking at and have goals at, and if you if you do, like I I strongly recommend you pursue that stuff with everything you have. And mm. I feel like you the more you believe in that, and the more you just go there every day with that belief, it's it will turn out the way you kind of foresee yeah. it turning out. So
0: yeah, yeah, well, I feel I mean in my experience, it's uh it's a common and I'm gonna call it an excuse, and I and I say yeah. that lovingly, but yeah. I find that a lot of particularly martial artists use the excuse of not having the funding and as yeah, you said yeah. I think it's um, standing up for yourself owning your worth yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. just being relentless in making it happen if for it's sure, really what you want sure. for yourself
1: definitely absolutely I think that's probably the perfect way to put it like yeah. um, you definitely do have to stand up for yourself in any type of situation and um, you know money is a really really sensitive issue for a lot of people and that's really kind of where you can see and I think it's not just money as well but just situations that are stressful or uncomfortable for people that's where you can really see what kind of people. Um, you know, have the best intentions for you and the ones that don't and you're gonna learn a lot through life about that type of stuff and, and relationships and all sorts of things but always when the pressure's on or the situation is difficult or there's things that you know you have to accommodate for the people and they have to accommodate for you, that's where you can really kinda of see where the people that have like the best intention for you two people as a unit or a friendship or a partnership or a business thing or whatever and how well you can kind of meet in the middle rather than saying now you have to come over here and meet me all the time so mm. I definitely think that's super important um, to do with, uh, you know, just, you, you can't build anything business, relationship, friendship, whatever, if you're not working together with somebody else. Absolutely. It's really hard to have anything um, grow with more than one person if you're always one-sided and you're always expecting things or if you always, you know, trying to dictate and say this is how things have to be, you, you kind of figure it out in the middle and it's not saying you accommodate totally and just allow people to take advantage of it and things like that, but you do have to have some type of... Uh, you know, problem resolution and, mm. and things like that to kind of move forward and make things better for both people and find a, find a nice situation for everyone and I don't think it's really a compromise because I think a lot of people talk about that and say you know compromising is terrible and nobody ever wins and nobody gets what they want and I don't really think it is compromising I think it's just meeting in the middle where you both find things that are helpful for each other and if you can't find that thing then you probably shouldn't do it.
0: Exactly yes. And
1: um or you, you're just being way too stubborn and you're not being you're not uh, looking at it in a way where you know you can't get something out of it and so can they and you know, you're both you know helping each other rather than trying to use each other for things and I think that's a really confusing kind of part of life and you know people you know, get told and, and hear all sorts of things and it's about you know um, you know you have to put yourself first and and the selfish things aren't really, and I think selfish, the word itself, like being selfish is kind of looked at in a weird way and it's super negative and has like some bad connotations and stuff like that. But I think there's really nice ways you can do that and, and you have to kind of look a little bit further than like what's happening right in front of you because you can be super selfish and always, you know, ask things for yourself, but you're going to find that those kind of things don't really help you in the long run. They kind of might benefit you immediately, but, you know, anything further than that doesn't really help you much. But when you, I think, whether it's with sport and i found this with jujitsu the more you really give everything you have to that and whether it's money and helping people out or just giving all your time and effort and energy to things the more you receive back in in, in, in abundance or you know whatever other word you want to use for that so I, th- I feel like you know the more you really commit and dedicate yourself to things and it can be anything you choose in life but the more you really kind of put your intention and effort into all that stuff in a really positive nice loving way and um, you know, uh, you just receive all that back from the people that are involved in that, with the situations itself, and all the other benefits that come with that. So,
0: yeah.
1: I think that's um, you know, uh, that's more something that I've learned from just competing and, and and you know going on these journeys and travelling and training and doing all these things. And the more you, oh, sorry. That's, yeah, oh, that's, oh that's right, that's um, yeah. right. The more you kind of like um, really. Take that stuff on and just, no matter how uncomfortable it might be, just you know, go there and you know, go with a positive kind of attitude. And even if you're uncomfortable and all these things, you kind of do your best to you know, um, be helpful and caring and loving to all these other people, man. The same stuff you uh, you receive from them. And you know, I've been uh, like, kind of billeted out all over the globe, in Norway, in Brazil, in in America, and all sorts of things. And that if you go there with you know this like attitude of you know I need you to do this for me and do that like you're not going to have a good time and um, you know I've definitely had those experiences and learnt from that type of thing and and then I've gone there and that you know the guys ask me to clean the gym or teach classes or oh, yeah no problem like they're helping me out and I'm going to help them out and I'm going to try to return the favour because I've had so much generosity um, you know through this kind of like um, pathway and everyone's been so caring and loving and and I, I find that I don't know if it's just jujitsu itself or. Um, Just the people that are drawn to that kind of activity, Um, but you know, all the people that I've been involved with or met or you know, befriended along the way have always just been you know the the most beautiful, loving, caring, nice people. So they've always helped me, and and I always try to help them in return. So Mm -hmm. whatever they say, man, it takes a class, you know, a bit tired, whatever, no problem there. So yeah, absolutely, super. I I just you know I always I look back on all that kind of stuff and just uh, just like I'm super grateful for everything that I've experienced and I've received back from. Like this sport and all the stuff that I'm going to receive in the future and all the things that i 'm going to achieve in the future, and all that type of thing, so like, i i don't really have too much um when I first started when it was rugby, and when I first started I was always in a rush to make all these things happen. I want to do all this stuff, and I think that kind of translated a lot into the stuff I was doing competing and competing and that kind of thing as well so I just you know i'm a little bit more relaxed, you mature as you go and and Uh, like I've had coaches and things like that but a lot of the learning I've done has been a lot on my own and um, yeah like I improve a lot you know every every year every day every week every month and it's just total accountability and analysis of yourself and you go all right well I need to improve those areas and those areas and you just keep going there recalibrating you know reorganizing doing it again making it better making it better making it better and you do the same kind of thing in life and in, and then you know in business and then the next thing the yeah. next thing the next thing and it just translates to every other portion of your life and Absolutely. I you know I I absolutely 100% attribute all that kind of understanding and, and learning and all that from jiu-jitsu so if I wasn't you know if I didn't decide and commit totally to jiu-jitsu and go you know this is what I'm going to do from now on I would never have experienced any of this stuff and learn all these things so you know i'm just totally grateful about you know being able to you know having the opportunity to do that kind of thing and you know really turn this kind of into a profession now rather than just a hobby so yeah i don't really have too much to say but i'm just totally grateful for everyone that's helped me and and um, you know everything that i've learned along the way so beautiful
0: yeah. so in my experience in jiu jitsu i find it's it's one of those sports you know something like and not to take away from any other sport yeah, but yeah. something like soccer you can sort of have a natural skill towards it, whereas jujitsu Jitsu is obviously very technical, yeah. um, so it does require, to begin with, a lot of patience, you know, yep. learning their yep. techniques. Yep. What kept you going in those early stages when uh, it was all new?
1: I don't know, I don't know. I think, so this is the part that I, I have a little bit of a disconnect with, like, I never really struggled technically or in terms of understanding of the of like the and maybe i did at the time but maybe i just wasn't aware enough to you know even kind of focus on it and i think it's kind of something like that it's like there's some point in time along the way where it just kind of starts to make sense and you don't know when it is or where it is but you just kind of see things and i don't know if everyone experiences that and i don't know if some people are born with that or if um you know it just takes a certain period of time and it might be different for everyone and you know for me it's hard to say because this is my experience and i can't kind of comment on anyone else's but um i never really got super frustrated with the jujitsu i never really kind of stressed about it for me it was always something that i was just super it was like really intricate and interesting and oh wow if you move here and you move there i just always had so much fun going there and just exploring it so Mm -hmm. um i think that's probably the biggest thing is like when i first started because i was 14 i was you know, I was fighting these, you know, fully grown men, and they were huge and they were massive. Like, I never had this kind of, and I was a super placid, quiet person, um, really shy. And when I went there, it was never about winning or beating people. I was just kind of, like, oh, I better not get <laughs> smashed, or just you know trying to get underneath the guy and go here, or oh, there's an armbar there, and I will try an armbar. Oh, he pulled his arm out, and I try something yeah. else. So. I don't know if that has a lot to do with it because I was kind of young and you know, you know, very, very um, immature and didn't understand. And I was just, like, oh, there's an armbar and you try it yeah, out yeah. and do this. So I think that might have a lot to do with it. And, and um, I can see, especially just from teaching and things like that. But the at a certain point in time as like a male you start to under like especially you know guys that play footy and all these things like that and you know it's about being tough and dominant and being masculine and all these things and i think that gets a lot in the way of like the learning part of the jiu-jitsu so i think the frustration more comes from your approach and your perspective on it rather than the actual techniques itself and when you focus on winning all the time, well, you know, I have to, you have to do well against people, you totally take the focus off of the learning. Yeah. And then um, you go there and you're just, you know, using strength and power and force and trying to force these positions and put an armor on when it's not really there. And then you get super frustrated and upset and it becomes like this downward spiral, you know, I'm stuck in this, mm-hmm. and a pattern of, um, you know, I need to beat the guy, and because I want to beat the guy, I'm going to use more strength. And I use more strength and intensity and then I don't get the submission because it wasn't timed properly and it wasn't tight or it was a bit rigid and it wasn't smooth and it didn't slap on nicely or whatever. And then you get upset and then you don't do that technique anymore because it doesn't work and then it, you know, it just goes on and on and on and on like that. Yeah. Whereas, And and it's really hard to get out of patterns like that because it's something that's kind of ingrained in your, you know, I don't know if it's your personality or your subconscious or your psyche or whatever kind of terms you want to use for it. Um, it's a really hard thing to navigate because you've got to kind of detach yourself from all that emotional stuff and go there and go okay what's actually happening let's have a look why can't i do this arm bar and you go oh you know what it is my knees aren't together and i'm not pulling my heels down or i'm not putting my hip into position properly and it's a little bit shallow and the guys elbow's slipping out and we can go on just with the arm bar you know such a basic movement with you know ten thousand different little details of why it didn't work so the more you can really, you know, have that self-analysis and accountability and get rid of that emotional kind of, um, I need to beat the guy and do this stuff, the more you're going to find that you're going to be successful in that area. And it, it, it's, it, it almost seems, almost seems like counterproductive It's like, oh, what, I'm trying so hard and I'm putting all this effort in. Yeah, I know. But because your focus is so much on the result, you don't even know how to get there anymore. Yeah. And, um, you want to beat the guy, and you want to beat the guy, and you want to beat the guy, and then you go. You know, I do this kind of thing when I teach privates. I say, "Well, how are you going to do that? I'm just going to get the back, and I'm going to choke him." Okay, but we're going to, you know, start on the back. So, how are you going to get there? How are you going to do that? What grips are you going to use? And you have to try and make it really specific for them. And a lot of people go, "Oh shit," you know, I've got no idea now. And and then you have to kind of, you know, take ten steps back and go, "All right, this is where we're going to start. We're going to start with what's the first thing you're going to do, and how you're going to do armbar, where are you going to do it from." You know, well, I get to close guard a lot. All right, well, let's focus on an armbar from the closed guard. And then you go, know, you find a closed guard for them, and you go, all right, what I want you to do, and we'll go through an armbar now, but what I want you to do right now when you go and train live is I want you to try and just stay in this position as long as you can without the person opening your legs, and that's the first thing you need to get good at. Mm. And the problem with, you know, giving people these kind of, um, uh, tasks and, and and kind of goals and stuff is that it's kind of boring and, and you go oh but you know I want to do an armbar and I know I know you want to do an armbar but if you don't get this part right you can't ever do the armbar yeah. because you're not even in the position to do one so yeah like now we're getting a little bit more specific but it, it's no different than um you know anything in life and if yeah. you don't learn the basic kind of um, I don't know if there's rules or anything like that but if you if you don't learn things along the way about you know um, like giving and receiving from people and, 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 and um, how to like kind of take your emotions out of things and stuff like that it becomes really hard to even just learn itself mm. so um, like I don't i don't think there is like wrong and right ways but I think there are ways that work and, mm. and, and like if yes. you it, it, and, and, and there's so many different ways that they do work but I feel like people use the same effort they have and I can only relate it to jiu-jitsu but they use all this effort and you know, they really are trying, they're, they're doing everything they can, but because they're doing it in a way that just doesn't give back that way, they just don't get the result they want. And, um, you know, I've seen people do that in business that are close to me, I've seen people that do that in Jiu Jitsu, mainly because of, of what I do, but it's like, um, you know, they're trying to learn this thing, but they're, they're trying to force learning it so hard that they just never, never get the skill in the way they need it for it to be effective. And. Um, yeah, like we can talk about all those things about the arm bar, but you've got to start with the foundation first and then kind of build on a flowy where you get to a point, and, and you've got to focus on it. You can't, there's no shortcuts. Like everybody thinks that there's a shortcut to learning whatever technique they want. They'll buy a DVD, they'll do this, they'll watch all these things, and all those things are really good supplementary things that will improve and give you better understanding and ideas, but now that you have all those ideas, your job is to go there, spend thousands of hours doing it, and now you've got that skill. And, you know, some people are intuitive or you know just have a natural knack for things and understand how their body moves and do all these things and they get it a lot quicker but if you don't have that thing in that area and i'm sure you have it in some other area of life and they won't have it in that area everyone has their strengths and weaknesses like we know But um for jujitsu like if you're not getting it straight away that's totally fine Mm -hmm. doesn't mean give up on it and don't do things like that but there are things that are going to be better for you and you should maybe focus on them and it doesn't mean that you know I'm kind of good at a Kimura now and you never look at a Kimura anymore. You can always improve on things that even that you are good at. But what I would start with with very basic techniques, super basic, super, super basic. I would focus more on um, kind of things that are transferable into both sports. Yep. Like knee, uh, gi, no gi, all that type of thing, um, whether, and MMA, whatever. Um, I think people get a little bit caught up because it's so accessible now. Um, Jiu Jitsu, spe- um, you know, with all the flow grappling and everything that's online and all the, um, you know, fight to win and all these other promotions that are making super fights and tournaments and all sorts of stuff. They're seeing the top, the best guys in the sport do all this crazy stuff and they go, you know what? I want to do that. So without learning any basics or without understanding anything of how Jiu Jitsu works or just the basic movements of Jiu Jitsu or how to move their hips and their body properly, they want to do this really, really intricate quite difficult movement and that's what they spend all their time on and because they just can't even move their body in a way they need to to perform that movement like they're just spending hours and hours and hours learning something that they can't really learn yet Mm. and it will come at some point and some people do have the ability to learn it quite quickly but I think people just kind of like trying to skip steps and 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 uh you know shortcut things and it just doesn't work in the end so Mm.
0: I think something that you said there about um people putting so much effort and the, the yeah, wording yeah. you use was force yeah, into yeah. learning from, yeah. from my experience I found you know I mean I'm still a flailing white belt yeah. but um you know when I when I first got into jiu I was so focused and so determined to get it right yeah. that I was forcing it and I wasn't actually taking anything in yeah, and yeah, it yeah. wasn't until I stepped back and went okay well I'm just gonna have fun yeah and now you know like i've improved so quickly because now it's about just going in and just enjoying the hell out of it and taking what i need and kind of using it to improve myself as a human being not just as a jiu-jitsu practitioner um without that force you Mm -hmm. know it's it's a game changer Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think it really kind of um like when you can remove that kind of like frustration and. And I don't know where it comes from for a lot of people, like I don't know whether it is the you know, competitiveness of wanting to beat other people or, you know, like any skill when you first start off new, you're a little bit embarrassed because you're stuck at it and, you know, if you go and cook a cake the first time, you don't want to do it in front of people or if you go and do yeah. certain exercises in the gym or whatever, you don't want to do it in front of other people, you might do it like with baking or something, you might do a test one first before yeah, yeah. you give it to anyone to taste or anything like that. I think that might come into a lot as well and then it comes into the competitive stuff as well. But, um, uh, like, with the force stuff and, and, and the um, kind of like uh, the effort and all that type of thing, the thing, and I don't, again, I don't know where it comes from, but whatever like, people have this kind of doubt or insecurity of, the more you can kind of, like you said, just change the perspective on how you look at. Um, this thing and, and rather than looking at it as a competition as a, and, a, and as a fight against somebody else, you look at it as a, as a game you know it 's a game we 're going to play around and you really fall in love with the game you 're like i 'm going to trick this guy and oh sh- he almost tricked me then and I pulled my arm and oh wow and, and now you 're really enjoying it rather than it 's stressful and because yeah. you can really see new people, even people that 've been training for you know almost up to ten years like you can see the people that are having fun and you can see the people that are there and they 're in a fight like they 're yeah. there to um, beat the person or they're stressful and they're rigid and they're stiff and they hit people with their arm and their elbow smacks them in the face and it's really rough and ugly and all this stuff and then you see these really high level black belts or you know just people that are enjoying it doesn't even the kids you can see the difference as well um like they're just really enjoying and they you know the guy guy goes to the back almost does a choke he rolls out of it and and it it, it looks beautiful it's like an yeah and um, you know, they're exchanging positions and they're moving and sometimes they're doing it without too much intensity and sometimes they're doing it with a lot of intensity but you still see the same you know, exchange of movements and positions and real techniques rather than this force and I'm gonna pin your arm down and grab your throat and do this and do that. And, and as much as that stuff can work against someone that's not very powerful or you overpower or you're much more technical than. and uh, that's probably the biggest thing that um, doesn't really deter people from it that much is when you do train with people that you can force things on you start to go this shit works and then you keep doing it and the problem with that is is that when you go and do face somebody that's just so much better than you technically and um they don't exert all this force and energy for nothing they're very efficient with what they do you just can't do anything with mm. them so yeah. the problem with that is though there's not an abundance of all those yeah, people yeah, everywhere. There yeah. is a lot of people yeah. in Australia, and yeah. there there is a lot of people all over the world like that. But when you're training mm. in everyday classes, you probably don't train with those people every train with um every role. So you start to build up this habit of I can just do what I want, and I can force this, and I can force that because it's working for me. It might be because you're stronger than the person, or it might be because you're they're not that strong in this area or whatever it is. Mm. And then you get into this bad habit of you know I can just make this happen when I need to and. You know, I need to gratify myself now, so I'm gonna grab that guy's neck and squeeze her. I'm gonna grab that guy's arm and squeeze as hard as I can. I get a tap and I feel great and I go home. And it's really up and down for all these people, and it, 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 I think it does happen to a lot of people. And they might learn somewhere along the way, or they might not. But every day is such a roller coaster. There's not like this gradual gradient of improvement for the guys that make the fun part out of it. The people that have this stressful situation it's like when they submitted two people they feel the best and they're you know, a bit arrogant and they do all this stuff and today they got submitted six times by this black belt so they feel terrible and they don't come to training for two weeks and then yeah. they come back and you know, they submitted a wide belt six times so they feel the best and they're teaching them at the end of the class and doing all this stuff and then you know, they lose to a blue belt, they're a purple belt and they got tapped, they did a loop choke on them oh my god, they don't come for a week again and, or whatever So yeah, um, it, it, it's just so like attached to emotions that you're just not learning things and you could use every role it doesn't matter who it's with white belt blue belt black belt whatever you need to take things out of every role you need to take things out of every session you need to take things out of every movement or you know specific train or the technique you learn in the class or whatever so if you're not able to do those things i think the the, the biggest thing is you got to take the emotion out of it and the way you can do that to begin with is you got to reduce the intensity of your training. And I'm not saying that high intensity training is bad. I just think you have to really differentiate like I said at the start. Um, this is good for this and this is bad for that. And this is good for this and this is bad for that. So yeah. high intensity training is pretty difficult to learn new skills and complete new skills on people mm. because you're moving really fast and you're exploding and if you don't already have kind of like an auto- autonomous kind of understanding or movement of your body for that technique, it's gonna be really difficult mm. to apply unless you're training with someone much less technical than you. Yeah, yeah. All right? But it is really good for, you know, preparing for competition, building up you know a good fitness base and strength base and things like that and really refining the stuff you're already good at. Whereas if you go with the other end of it, like drilling and things like that, that's really, really, really good for learning new skills, you know, um, uh, what do you call like, uh, like kind of like, um, testing things out, yeah, exploring, yeah. all that type of thing. I think I was trying to look for, like, I don't even know what I was trying to look for, <laughs> but you know, testing things out and, um, uh, testing and, oh, this doesn't work, that doesn't work. Um, oh, yeah, we're going to improve that, tweaking things, all that type of thing. So yeah trial and error yeah trial and error um, that type of approach and that's really good for learning you know Mm -hmm. that's the learning process you know maybe drilling or or or, um uh what do you call like live sparring Mm -hmm. from specific situations all that type of thing and usually that's a little bit lower intensity and then as you get better you can start to increase the intensity and do all that stuff fast Mm -hmm. but what normally happens again with the emotion and stuff the first day you get there you go as hard as you can blah blah blah, you go crazy you, go, you, you think about it the next day, you cannot remember one thing because you were just, oh, it's a blur, there's just craziness everywhere. And it's not that one's bad or one's better than the other, and you know the drilling part's not so good at you know, building all the things that the intensity stuff can help build, but you have to kind of vary your training, and it's no different than you know, weights or whatever, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, stretching all sorts of stuff like you need to incorporate so many different things that it's kind of overwhelming and like I, that's something that I struggled with at the beginning of um, really starting to do the jiu-jitsu stuff on my own because I came from like a professional rugby um outfit where they, you know, everything is regimented for you, you do stretching sessions, you do strength and conditioning sessions, you've got guys they are telling you how much weight you've got to lift and all this stuff and then going bang, alright, you've got to do it all yourself now and you know, there's no one helping you, there's no one doing anything and it's like alright, what are you going to eat, what's your diet stuff and, you know, you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to put on weight, I don't even know how to cut weight properly and if you somehow you figure out some things but if, you know, if I met someone that probably knew how to cut weight, I would be doing it totally wrong for sure um, and, uh, you know, you're just learning things as you go. And um, it, it was really difficult to start off with. And, you know, I started missing gym sessions so I could do more jiu-jitsu because yeah. I wanted to focus on the technique stuff. And then, you like, you start to get a few injuries. You know, oh, shit, I've got to do the weight stuff again. And, oh, now I'm a bit stiff. I've got to do stretching and yoga and all this stuff. And it's just trying to fit it all in. It's super It's all super feedback crazy. Though, right? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I think... Um, like, as I've done a pretty good job, and I did a pretty good job last year. And even though I did have a major injury at the end of the year, I can um, kind of look back on that on that year, and I can look back on those last two weeks. I didn't, you know, I didn't stretch properly. and I did all these things that you know probably led to that injury happening, and being a little bit careless in the position itself when I was training, and uh, sorry when I was competing. But um, like, you know, you learn as you go, and you slowly start to get better at it. and It's no different than the jujitsu stuff or business or whatever. And it's just again, you just. Whatever setback you come into, you go there, you approach it, you recalibrate, you analyze shit, you go, know, "All right, I'm going to do this now." And you know, usually, when you're totally committed to making that shit happen, it just keeps working out for you, and keeps working out, and keeps working out, and it gets better and better and better. Yeah, definitely. You keep giving to it, and you keep getting back, and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, with your um, last question, I promise. Yeah, yeah. I'm very. that well, You're probably getting hungry. Oh, no, no, I know.
1: I have to. <laughs> um.
0: So with the injury, yeah, yeah. how do you navigate that? Because you seem pretty self-aware. So how, how do you sort of navigate, obviously having that time off? I know a lot of people tend to get frustrated and down in the dust. Oh, because, and
1: so um, look, I, I, I've definitely done that stuff before as well. And it's again, it's like a learning process and all that type of thing. But I think this time around, I've just had so much other stuff to think about. like. You know, whatever it is, and it might be people in your life, and I've just had other things and other stresses to worry about, so it's just taken all the all the focus off of um, the jiu-jitsu stuff and the training. But um, I think it's just finding small hobbies and things like that just to keep you occupied as well. And all that effort and energy you had for um, you know that sport or, or jiu-jitsu or boxing or your business or whatever, you got to start to put that into somewhere else. and um, it could be relationships, could be friendships, could be um, your family, or you know dealing with things with that, or it could be find a small hobby. You go fishing, or you know, oh, you're just exploring another area of life, and you're just putting all that energy into somewhere else. Like something that I've done um, now over this period is. I started, you know, filming all my weight sessions and I'm learning how to do some editing and I'm trying yeah, to nice. edit some videos and things like that. And they're pretty terrible to start <laughs> off with, but, you know, it's like anything. You, 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 you kind of learn as you go and it's something to put your time into and it takes a bit of time. So, you know, I sit there and for a couple of hours, I edit all the weights videos and do this and that. And I think that's helped me a lot, just, you know, finding small things to put time into, but also having other stresses. And, you know, I think, I don't know if it's just um, how like... I, I, it's happened um uh as a coincidence or that's what it was meant for me or whatever but you know I've had other stresses and things like that that have just totally kept my mind off jiu-jitsu and training and yeah because normally um, I do exactly the thing like you know I get super anxious and itchy feet and I need to go there and I want to train and I want to go to the gym and I do all this stuff but you know I have had my mind completely off jiu-jitsu yeah um, this whole time and you know it is starting to come back into it and I'm starting to watch a few videos and I'm You know like oh oh wait this competition's on this date and maybe i can get to that one and i'm gonna ask the physio and do this but um i yeah like you can't rush anything and and, um i'm usually pretty good like i haven't really rushed any injuries coming back and stuff like that um but i always kind of just stick to what they tell me so you know all right you gotta spend six months doing this you gotta you won't be able to do this properly until this and i see the surgeon and do all that type of thing but um, you can always come back you know I, I don't recommend coming back earlier but if you you know if you're doing really well if everything's feeling great and 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 not just feeling great but you're physically able to do the things you were doing before you know maybe you can start the comeback training a little bit earlier but it's more um you have to be like like matt talks about it a lot and and under physio and say like if you're able to achieve certain physical um, tests and beat those tests and things like that like then all right you're able to you're able to compete and you're able to do that but um, I don't really uh, try to speed things up or anything. I um, I try to do it properly, and mm. uh, I don't want to keep getting injured. I want to keep going through yeah. the process. And like I know it's a part of the sport, and I know there's um I I definitely might have overtrained and you know really ground my body down in the past, but um I think it's just finding a, a balance, and that's mm. the hardest thing in anything in life is just finding a balance. And it's like you know I'm putting so much effort into this, but then you neglect that, and, mm. and it it. it that's definitely the hardest thing to kind of navigate and it's again, in any area, in relationships or whatever, it's just um, somehow being aware enough to kind of go, oh wait, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's using other people helps you a lot. Like you get feedback just from being around other people and they tell you like, well man, you need to slow down, you need to do this, or you're in a relationship with someone and you know, you've been a bit this or that, or you're a bit stroppy and they go, what the hell's going on, why stroppy, whatever. And, you kind of just learn more about yourself and learn um more about how to kind of do things better with, with a little bit of a different approach and stuff mm. like that so
0: yeah i like to think of injuries as uh, like an opportunity to, oh, to sure. build up weaknesses you oh, know those sure, things sure, that as you sure. said may have been neglected yeah for sure. and uh for sure. yeah
1: and it could be physically in jiu-jitsu as well you know yeah. like i've done that before i've had an injury on my leg before where i continued to compete on it which is probably a very bad idea but while I was training with that injury, you go like, oh, you know, I can't do what I normally do, so I've got to focus on this area, yeah. and, you know, you, you can take the good stuff out of any, any situation, and it's just more your approach to it, and you can always do things better, and um, I think people, you know, they get stuck on talking about it, but not actually doing it, so, like, it's really easy to say, you know, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and... Um, you know I'm trying this and I'm trying that but then you go you know well, are you like what's happening here and I can use Jiu Jitsu examples for it because that's how I see it all the time but you like you go oh, I'm getting really good at my half guard and you go okay are you like what sweep do you know and then they go uh, I don't know or <laughs> yeah. the way they've been training the half guard hasn't really helped them you know you know I'm getting better you know I'm not trying to use force and go okay so what have you learned and then they go uh, I'm not sure and it, 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 you get the feedback from people and you get it back from yourself but I think at some point in time, we have to become like self sufficient, uh, yeah. And it's easy for me to say with the jiu jitsu stuff, and not so much about the life stuff, you know, that's still difficult for me. But with the jiu jitsu stuff, I can really kind of go, All right, what happened in that training session? What, ha- oh, you know, the guy did this and he pushed his hip on me here and he kind of sprawled like that. And, and you can go, Oh, you know, next time we're gonna do this or go around here and go there and pull, drag the guy's arm like this or whatever. So, I, I, you know, I've got to a point where I can start to do that. Things and I'm trying to get other people to do that when I teach them and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, yeah, you do have to, that awareness of yourself and all that type of thing is really important in all aspects of everything, but um, especially for improving your jiu-jitsu, like, you have to be able to analyze yourself and go, uh, you know, like you said, the testing and the, um, uh, what do you call, like, trial and error Mm -hmm. of things, like, this and that, oh, that didn't work, this didn't work, and you can think about it and go over it in your head, and, physically go and do it, and then you go, oh shit, this is, he approached me with this now, so, and it's a game, you just build on it every session, every session, every session, and if you're not getting things out of it every session, you're wasting your time, like, you gotta yeah. do it. Otherwise, like, you don't have to, but I'm telling you, if you wanna improve, you should. Like, yeah. you, you need to go there, you need to get things out of it, you need to explore. Yeah. You need to train hard too, that's super important as well, but, like, if you wanna learn, if you wanna improve, if you wanna add new skills, you've got to explore, and you might do that training with someone that's a little bit less skillful than you, because mm-hmm. it's a new skill, um, you might do that with you know people that aren't good in a certain area, so you know, if you get them in that area you can practice all these new skills, but mm. if you go, you know, it happens a lot of the time, there's a guy that's been training for a year and he's got three straps on his white belt, he goes with the instructor and he goes crazy and he tries to smash him and he just gets submitted ten times. Mm. And, you, and then you talk to the guy and he's like, what did you learn from that? And he's just like, nothing. Yeah. Because you, you went there with a bad attitude and you want to you know, prove something to someone that. You, that you can't really do those things to yet, and I don't think trying to prove things to people is a really good way to approach anything, anyway. But um, you know, just use it and go. You know what? All right, what my goal is is I just don't want to get swept. but you know, make something achievable for yourself. Where you know, and you are going to get swept, and then the next time you train with him, you go. I know that he does this sweep, so when he does that, I'm going to do this differently, and then you're going to see how that builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds, and it's the same as anything else. Like just, it's a process, and it takes time, but the more you keep doing that and keep looking to add more things and add something else and improve this and improve that and tweak this and tweak that, it gets better and better and better and better.
0: Definitely. Beautiful. I'd love to pick your brain more, but, uh, yeah, Tough I'm to You're probably pretty hungry. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Any social media links or anything like that you want to direct um,
1: us to? Uh, look, yeah, I've got an Instagram. So my Instagram is BJJ. It's all um, one word. So uh, you can, you know... Uh, follow me on Facebook, uh, sorry, uh, Instagram and stuff like that for all my jujitsu stuff and um, I've got uh, like a YouTube thing as well with all my training stuff. I'm kind of trying to document like the recovery process and I'm going to definitely add some other stuff later on at some point and you know, some techniques and some highlights and things like that. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the moment. That's all the things I have and um, yeah, like my gi sponsor, Kimoto Gis, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty helpful. Um, my sponsors are... Um, uh, TMG Building Group and Maximum Cleaning Group. You know, they help me with all my travel and all my competition stuff and everything like that. So, um, yeah, just big thank you to them. And if you guys ever need any of that type of stuff, check them out as well.
0: Beautiful. As always, I'll pop all the uh, social media links in the podcast description for awesome. you. Awesome, thank you very much. Cool, thank you
1: heaps. No problem. Thanks, great.
0: And as always, a standard invitation, the standard procedure. If you want to know a little bit more about my work, with the Live Free Movement, my coaching programs, my consulting programs for athletes and entertainers. You can find everything you need at Instagram.com forward slash the Live Free Movement and, of course, over at Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash the Live Free Movement. If you want to follow my personal journey, you can find me on both Instagram and Facebook at Brianna Bowley. So that's B-R-I-A-N-A Bowley, B-O-W-L-E-Y and Until next time, what else is possible?